technology shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today, and we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... Sharing common goods is at the heart of the environmental approach, in fact. Long term is the time scale for environmental issues. We all share the same planet, the same atmosphere, the same resources. And our children will live on the very same planet we are living now. Everybody knows that. Every company understands, or will soon understand if it's not the case right now, that they have an impact on these common goods. And they must work together just for the sake of keeping a market for their products. You're listening to The Futurhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia original series. Jean-Benoit Bisset believes an environmentalist is a finance executive's best friend. They both want to reduce waste. The VP for IT and Strategy at Orange France sees addressing climate change as an opportunity, not a burden. But a culture of environmental responsibility is required, and while it doesn't have to come from the top, it should. He's established four key pillars to boost operational efficiency as a means of reducing a company's carbon footprint and establish a long-term perspective that fosters open innovation. We began by defining corporate environmental responsibility in the first place. To me, corporate environmental responsibility is the ability of a company to understand its environmental footprint, which means the impact that its own activity as an environment, but as well also those activities it induces amongst its suppliers, its subcontractors, its customers. And I mean by impact, greenhouse gas emission, consumption of abiotic resources, pollution, diversity, biodiversity. And not only must the company understand its footprints, but also it must command and control it in order to fit with a trajectory compatible with the planetary issues described, for example, in the Paris Climate Agreement or in the UN Sustainable Development Objectives. Let's remember that the corporate environmental responsibility is taking all its meaning in the current context of global warming and destruction of biodiversity. To develop a sustainable economy, limit the climate change, maintain biodiversity, develop inclusion, and certainly are certainly main challenges for the whole society and for companies, small or big. The society has changed regarding the global warming. Customers, shareholders, employees, civil society organizations, partners, governments require organizations to become more and more environmentally and socially responsible. This means organizations have to carry out their activities in a sustainable way. We all, employees, colleagues, partners, ourselves are faced with these challenges and these challenges require that we change the way we act in our daily lives, the way we work, the way we understand problems. And to me, on a business perspective, this is an opportunity and not a burden. Tell me about describing climate change as an opportunity and not a burden. How is it one? Environmental challenges require that we develop a culture of environmental accountability. And to me, that's a very good news for both all sorts of living species on Earth, but also for operational efficiency. And why so? 
Because by setting up such a culture to face those new challenges, we will develop four key pillars that are boosters for operational efficiency. Improvement of cost structure by decreasing waste of resources. And the second one, life cycle management and DevOps. The third one, transversality in organization. And the fourth, common good and long-term perspective that will foster open innovation. That common good aspect to this, how much of that is pressure from outside of the organization in the form of customers making demands versus an internal recognition of ESG principles? In fact, it's both. It's an opportunity because customers are requiring companies like ours to be environmentally friendly. And tomorrow, today, they are choosing their company for on the price perspective or for the quality of service perspective or for the image perspective. And I'm totally confident that in the near future, your ability to demonstrate that you are improving and diminishing your carbon input, your carbon footprint and your environmental footprint will be a key asset for your uh, trademark. And then that means that if you want to address the majority of customers tomorrow, you have to show that you are engaged in the, this environmental transformation. And on the reverse, Inside your company, the more you are engaging in this type of transformation, the more, as I show, as I told you and I will show you, the more you are able to improve your operational efficiency. So then how do we develop that culture of environmental responsibility? Is this something that has to come from the top? Obviously, everyone must act and think with new plans in mind. Everyone. Elsewise, we are not talking about cultural change. To develop a new culture, translate into new behaviors that at the end, everyone endorses. Everyone has a role to play. Everyone can be a force of proposal. And as far as environmental responsibility is concerned, we all note a strong appetite, a strong desire of the employees. Many of them want that the company change in its behavior in favor of environmental responsibility. So then, what could be the role of the top management? To me, the top management should put in place the condition to allow, that allow this culture to emerge and to be translated into effective behavior. And it also should lead by example. This engagement of the top management is key. In fact, it's, not, it's maybe not so important to know if the top management is at the origin of the culture change or not. What is important is that it supports it concretely through its own behavior and posture and through its ability to remove barriers and change mentalities that prevent the transformation of the culture. Tell me about those four key pillars you've established to boost operational efficiency. Let's start with the improvement of cost structure by decreasing waste of resources. How do we build that into corporate culture? In fact, we have an objective, objective alliance between finance and environment. I used to say that the financial controller's best ally is an environmentalist. Why so? Because both hate wasting resources. 
Most of the time, when you have a program to decrease, decrease your environmental footprint, especially your carbon footprint, you decrease costs. Indeed, the, to decrease your footprint, you will seek and launch initiatives that make a more efficient usage of resources. Let's take some example. Let's take energy consumption. Energy consumption is a source of CO2 emission. If you want to develop better energy efficiency and stop uh, the, this wasting of resources, it could be done thanks to, the te to technology improvement, like for example, green features that we have in network and mobile network, for example. It could be done also thanks to the decommissioning of legacy services that are highly energy consuming. It could be done thanks to simple and common sense actions like resizing your air conditioning in network facilities. All these actions will end up in decreasing your OPEX energy, which is quite a subject nowadays, as uh, we all know that energy will become more and more expensive. Another example is CO2 emission related to the fabrication of an equipment. To decrease your footprint, your CO2 footprint, we'll want to develop circular economy expand the services life of your equipment, reuse internally from one affiliate to another your equipment, buy second-hand equipment. All these actions will end up in decreasing your capex. It's quite obvious that looking for decreasing of resources consumption leads to cost compression. What we have to do is to make this link between control of the environmental impact and cost savings understood by showing through concrete example. Often people think that the ecological transformation is an additional cost factor, when in fact, it's more of a saving factor. What role does lifecycle management and developer operations play in an environmentally responsible company? In fact, I would reverse the question. How does environmental accountability helps to develop DevOps and lifecycle management approach. Mm. When you take an environmental approach on a subject, you try to understand the impact of your action and decision end to end. You cannot, for example, only consider the impact of the fabrication of a product, but you have also to consider the impact of its usage and the impact of its end of life. When you build a product or service, you take at the very beginning in consideration the rain phase and you try to optimize both steps. To do this, you have to sit the people of the build with the people of the run. In fact, you are in a DevOps process. Product lifecycle management is inherent in the environmental approach. One of the key concepts is the, this, of this approach is LCA, which stands for Life Cycle Assessment. LCA calculates the impact on CO2, mineral, water, and so on for the entire life of a product from conception and fabrication to end of life and recycling. To improve the LCA of a project, you must take into account the operation from the very start of the design and development phases. People who have this culture of LCA, of life cycle management, are natu naturally more inclined to enter a DevOps process. They immediately see the benefits. You mentioned something earlier. What does transversality in organizations mean? By transversality in organization, I mean the ability to cooperate in a fluid and seamless way across organization to tackle with problems and build solutions. And to me, environment accountability develops transversality. Indeed, 
to tackle with environmental issue, not only do you need to develop an end-to-end -end approach, as we mentioned uh, previously, but also you need to take a systematic, a systemic approach. It means that you understand that you're part of a bigger system with many partners who, are, who you are in interaction with. You realize that in the interdependency is the rule. You rely on others, others rely on you. It seems obvious, but it can be a big change of mentality for teams. Traditionally, teams want to develop autonomy, which they translate into, I don't want to depend on anybody else for my day-to-day -day action, and which in fact turn into silos in organization. Environmental accountability breaks the silos. Let's take an example. If you want to diminish the energy consumption in a data center, the good but silo-oriented idea is to work on cooling system improvement to decrease the famous PUE, power usage efficiency. A systemic point of view will encourage you to work with IT developers and infrastructure managers together to define application requiring less reservation resource, able to work with CPU using evolved sleep mode, able to postpone computed to, to wait for availability of renewable energy, for example. In fact, if you are taking a silo, a silo approach initiative, you will try to cool a heater that you have put in a data centers. If you take a systemic approach, you will try to have less heater as you can. That sounds like the biggest cultural evolution that any company, particularly within the CSP community, but any company would have to go through is breaking down those silos where we've got generations of people who are accustomed to fighting for their own little world, much to the exclusion of everything else. Yes, definitely. And maybe environment is a, is a chance for us because as the problem is so big, as everybody is concerned. You cannot say, well, I'm not concerned by the climate change. Wherever you live, whatever you do, you are concerned by the climate change. So maybe it's a good opportunity for people to understand that they have to find their freedom in interdependency instead of trying to find their freedom by being isolated from the rest of the world. Companies often focus on short-term goals, thanks to the nature of the stock market and shareholders. How do you establish a long-term perspective that fosters open innovation? By putting emphasis on the notion of common good and long-term perspective, and environmental accountability develops open innovation. Sharing common goods is at the heart of the environmental approach, in fact. Long-term is the time scale for environmental issues. We all share the same planet, the same atmosphere, the same resources. And our children will live on the very same planet we are living now. Everybody knows that. Every company understands, or will soon understand, if it's not the case right now, that they have an impact on these common goods. And they must work together just for the sake of keeping a market for their products. And just because they understand the problem is a systemic problem. No company can pretend to solve environmental issues alone. 
no company can pretend to solve environmental issues by focusing on short-term solutions, whatever their impact on the long run. Unless to take the risk of being named and shamed as a greenwasher. Taking this into account will strengthen relations between stakeholders focused on a common goal. Together, find a solution to achieve net zero carbon, for example. Or together, find solution to develop resilience for a product or service uncovered with now certain climate changes. And this together, this common goal, this long-term perspective, this will develop open innovation, especially in our telco business, where we have the opportunity to show how digital technology can be a lever for taking care of this big, huge common goal that is our environment. If there's one key takeaway you'd want listeners to leave with, what is it? I try to highlight why an organization that develops corporate environmental responsibility and a culture of environmental accountability will improve its operational efficiency. Not wasting time and resources, relying on developed practices, promoting transversality, and engaging in open innovation definitely boosts performances. All these four initiatives are deeply embedded in the environmental accountability culture. The more the culture is developed, in the company, the more these four initiatives can be engaged, the more the company will improve its operational efficiency. Of course, environmental accountability is as not the monopoly of developing DevOps, transversality, and so on. My point is not at all to say that this is the ultimate and only lever for operational efficiency, but simply mention that the environmental transformation we all best engage in is not a burden, but an opportunity for companies. There is no planet B. There is no planet B, and that should not be company B. See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas, all by visiting nokia.com slash insights. The Futurithmic podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.